What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Level Up podcast. Today, we have some very special guests with us, uh, some of the founding members from our Freedom Life community, as well as uh, become great friends of mine. So, uh, Craig and Rich, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Yeah, well, uh, we're both originally from New York. We moved here to the uh, Louisville, Kentucky area about six or seven years ago. Um, I started the wholesaling business back in 2018 after diving into some podcasts and education and things like that. Um, and then since then, you know, once COVID hit and I was doing business, um, he actually stopped doing his consulting business and jumped on board with me. And uh, since then, we've been really focused on building uh, that wholesale biz and then also building uh, cash flow and wealth. Um, kind of on the side, but now we're more focused on like really driving that home and making sure that that's at the forefront. I love that. Yeah, that's become the pri primary motive, right? Yeah, uh, that's first wholesale, second. That's really what we're pushing for, and you know we'll we'll expect to see those results start to, you know, gain momentum as the days and weeks start to, you know. I heard that works. Yeah, yeah, like that consistency, plan. right? Yeah, imagine that. Good. So father-son duo. Yes. So how did uh, that come about? You you referenced it briefly, but how did it come about? I know you started in the business. But how did you guys end up becoming partners in the business as well? So, yeah, he referenced I was doing consulting. I came out of a 40-year automotive career. My, my job was to help uh, dealers with their business, with their operation, which was, for me, was a lot of analytical on their profit levels. So if you could help someone who doesn't have to do anything you want them to do. Uh, if you can help them make more money, generally, they're going to be receptive. Yeah. Figure that out all by myself. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so that was really what helped me and helped build a relationship with the stores I called on, et cetera. So it was in the middle of COVID, uh, all the consulting work that I had built up with some vendors like you know JD Powers, I was doing my own stuff. That just full stop. Yeah, Dealerships were closed, you, you couldn't do it. So it was halfway through 2020 where he walked into my office one day where I was trying to look busy doing nothing because I couldn't do anything. It was literally illegal to go to a visit a dealer. He said, I need you to join me. And wow. I was like, what are you talking about? Right. And he laid it all out as he, you know, he, he thought through what he was going to say. And of course, uh, I had several concerns because I had called on a number of stores where there was a family relationship. Of course. That was an absolute abomination. Yeah. It was horrible. It was horrible. And I just said, look, if we're going to do this, I got a few rules that we got to follow, right? So uh, we, we laid all those out, and really it's been it's been really great. I mean, there, we've ha have we had bumps? Sure. Yeah. It's just normal stuff, you know. Um, but we've we've found the formula, I think. Yeah. By by luck and hard work. That's amazing. And and I heard you say two things there. Number one is the fact that the dealer you was the dealers you were working with, the company you was working with, uh, kind of come to a dead end with with what was going on with COVID. Oh, full stop. So you turned of what could have been. A lot of people would have found excuses to uh, complain about it. You turned that into a win, and at the same time. Craig was smart enough to go, hey, wait a second, uh, I see something here. And so you guys really laid the ground rules up front. So how did you, you guys determine that going in? Because I know that communication is th the biggest challenge in a lot of family businesses. So how did you guys get so successful at that from day one? Right. Well, uh, one thing going in when I realized before I approached my dad about this was 
realizing that he has a lot of the possesses a lot of the qualities that I don't have. Mm. Like for example, he's extremely de- detail oriented. So a lot of the times when he would go into these dealers, like at the surface level, maybe everything looks great, but he would pull out the financials and be like, okay. There's all these things going on here that you guys don't want to talk about. Like, let's bring them to the forefront and talk about them. And um, I'm somebody who is very capable of overlooking details, and he's mm-hmm. not. Um, so whenever we have a property or a deal or marketing expenses that are going out that maybe shouldn't be and that need to be looked at, um, he's always wanted to bring that to the forefront so that we can talk about it and unravel what the issue That literally happened this morning. Yeah. Right. He was awesome. talking about marketing and direct mail, and I'm asking other questions that's like, stop pause and we're digging into the data to see really what the ROI has been so far. So it's a good complimentary, you know, type discussion. Um, and when I first started, one of the f- first meetings we had, we had a you know whiteboard up in the office and he drew out the various boxes, right? Mm. So, you know, you can, yeah, exactly. So we've got transaction coordination, we've got, you know, acquisitions and we've got dispositions. And he laid it all out to help me understand, in very simple terms, the business. And he says, you need to learn acquisitions first. Yeah. And that's the only box you have to worry about. And it was early on, probably two or three weeks, I looked at him and said, how have you been doing all this by yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, this is all wow. consuming. Yeah. And, you know, I was, but that helped me understand what, my function is and how how my function contributes to everything else and that, and that was that was was very important very smart what you shared there and something i'm hearing is and a lot of family businesses that i've known is it was i need help i feel bad for my dad i feel bad for my son or whatever and so it was automatically a fill in the blank with the person who was closest and needed it the worst i'm hearing here it had nothing to do with that you guys were both doing okay, except you realized there was a need in the business, and it was a business decision to work together. Yeah. Well, he drove. He drove that. Introduced you. I. I never would have asked to join him. Yeah. I. You know, it was several months after I joined him. Um, I had other. You know, again, I mentioned JD Power before. They called me up. Said, "Okay, you ready to go back on the road?" I'm like, um, "No, nah, I just got something going on here, and I'm. I'm good." They called me again, and recently through somebody else that I know. Is they really need people? I'm like, I, I know, I understand they do, but I, I, I moved on. I, I got some, I got something going on here. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, what's your business look like today? Well, um, you know, we do a lot of wholesales, um, some flips that we're getting out of. I uh, can't stand flips. Um, and the buying. <laughs> Amen, game. brother. And uh, so we've been dabbling in the buying all game for a while. At the end of the day, that is the the wealth building uh, that we're trying to focus on. Um, but Andrew, you know, I I started looking at a lot of leads we had. And I knew we could find more ways to monetize the leads that we had. Um, so, you know, things that didn't necessarily work on the wholesale side, like maybe we can keep those as rentals, maybe we can pitch on our finance, maybe we can do things like that. And that's when I was like, hey, you know, we got to talk to this guy, Andrew. He's the the terms guy locally. And like, let's just have a conversation with him, right? Um, so now we're really focused on, you know, a lot of those leads that come in, focusing on terms first. Um, and if terms don't work great, we can shift to the wholesale conversation. Uh, but now we're getting to that point where, you know, we're, we're trying to get to a 50-50 mark on our terms deals that we're going to buy and hold and keep. Um, and then the wholesale deals that we can just sell off for quick cash. Smart. Because yeah. then you keep your pipeline filled with today's cash and tomorrow's revenue, right. tomorrow's cash flow. So right. I like that. What's uh, been kind of, uh, if you had to think of all your deals, what's been your favorite deal so far? I'd say Winchester, man. 
Yeah, I'd say Winchester because uh, you know we, we we solved a problem. Uh, I mean, the gentleman um, he really opened up, and that takes you know time to get them to share what what's going on. Uh, but he he, I said, really, what what had you sell in the house? You know, because it sounds like you've done a decent amount of work to it, etc. And he paused, and then he said, "I'll tell you what's going on." He says, my, my ex-wife and my two kids I bought here, they live around the corner, and through some court issues, I'm not even allowed to see my own kids. Mm. And I was like, whoa. You know, and I said, and how old are they? And I remember he says, well, one's nine, one's 14. Well, police, I'm literally forbidden to see my kids, and, the, and, I, and, and there's really no real valid reason for that except the judge sided with her versus, you know, giving me shared custody. So there's nothing holding me here. He said, so here's what I want to do. Here's my plan. I want to go out to New Mexico, and I just need someone to take care of this for me. Yeah. So we put put it together, and it's all actually come together, I mean, phenomenally well. Everything, you, you know, and you've been involved with us, helping us through that. And it, yeah. it, it, it's worked out. Uh, we have somebody looking at the house tomorrow. We should be able to put that together. So it's, it's just... That's awesome. It's it was almost cookie cutter, almost. Yeah. Right. So you bought it uh, sub two, yes. or, or wraparound mortgage. Yep, yep. Yeah. So the how was the shift because you're really good at builder poor. You obviously have been doing the wholesale business, doing several deals a month for quite some time. What was that shift for you when you shifted from just wholesale deal after wholesale deal to going? Wait a second. There's a there's another piece to this. Yeah. Um, it was understanding like. First of all, the, the back end of what happens when you do purchase subject to deal and also deal structuring in and of itself. Mm. So this guy owed $121,000 on his mortgage. Um, There's about 721 in PITI payments that were going out to the mortgage company every single month. And he wanted $30,000 to walk away. And the house needs like to make it move in ready for a rental, maybe like 15 to 25 grand worth of work. So like... As a guy not knowing anything going to these lease, lease option deals and subject to deals, I'm like, wow, this is like way too much cash out of pocket. This is never going to work. The guy owes too much. It's not great for a wholesale. Like, we're just going to pass on this, right? Um, well, then I talked to you about it and you were like, hey, he wants 30K down, but tell him, like, hey, I'll give you a portion of that now and some later. Right. Yeah. And we sell the property in the future. And that's, you know, no interest, no payments type of lien on the property um, in second position so that when we do go to sell that property, he gets that 20 grand. But we were able to give him 10 grand a walk, which was exactly what he needed, and then he'll get 20 later, right? So immediately right off the bat, that's a lot less cash coming out of our pocket. Um, and then, you know, once we did that and move forward with that, you told us a way to actually go ahead and rent that property out, but also not have to do any of the work yeah. in the meantime. So uh, that's where the lease options come in, and that's opened up a lot of doors. That's awesome. A lot of doors, yeah. The it's really cool. You made a great point there. To to be a CTG, uh, as I always talk about, to be a creative, creative, excellent genius, because so many times I hear people get caught up in one of two things. Number one, people commonly will say, just like the initial thing comes to your mind, and it's thirty k, the deal don't make sense. Or number two, people will get so caught up in making offers quote which i say never make an offer we ask questions and let them make us offers which is what you did uh and making some offer that doesn't work for him and all of a sudden you lose the deal so ask questions and get to the base of it that's that's so cool that that you yeah. guys made that shift so rapidly yeah. and it's nice to have that second tool because prior to this it was pretty much wholesale or nothing yeah you know um and you know i you know, it's, it's not my saying, it's not Craig's saying, but his coach used to say it. My, I've heard other people 
Um, we used to say this at my former employer a lot. Uh, when the only tool you have in your toolbox is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. That's and good. it's nice to have more than just a nail and a hammer. I mean, so it's just a different way to put something together that might work. Right. Right. And so we'll be able to coop, recoup all that money. So the 10 grand down that I gave the seller, the roughly two grand that I spent in closing costs and getting cleaned out, getting cleaned up and things like that, we'll be able to recoup that on a non-refundable lease option deposit and then rent the property out to where it's cash flowing seven or $800 a month with Powerful. a 2% interest rate. It's like, yeah, I would have never, never have done that deal had I not known, had I not had these tools in my tool belt. Right. And truly like took steps into becoming a CTG, like you said. That's amazing. And so many times, you know, cause all of us are forever students, you know, right. our, our listeners, you guys, myself. And what happens so many times, we get caught up in what's working. And yet imagine of the, what, 75 grand that would have been left on the table if we would have just kept using the hammer, right, uh, right, and and left it on the table, so amazing to make those smart shifts. What's one thing that you guys wish you could have learned a lot sooner? I would say terms. Yeah, turning deals into terms. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then lease options as well. It takes a lot of that construction piece out, which is like a huge part of running numbers on real estate deals. It takes a lot of that out because when you can take a property that maybe needs a little bit of TLC. To me, I look at that and I'm like, hey, to get this rent ready, it needs $20,000 for the work. But somebody else can look at that deal. I'm going to sell it to a lease option buyer, maybe sell it for a little bit less to a lease option buyer, but they're responsible for the repairs and everything like that. They can make the home exactly how they want it. And then if they so choose, can cash this out at the end of that lease option. That's powerful. Um, it's extremely powerful. It takes a lot of the work out. I'm able to help more sellers because I can do more deals and I'm able to help more buyers because they get into a property, they get to fix their credit and then they cash me out in the back end. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. What is if people look at you now and go, oh my goodness, you know, father, son duo, your business is going well. You're doing multiple deals a month. You're integrating terms into your business now, building cash flow. Uh, take us back to when you started. What did that first few weeks look like? How long did it take you to get a deal, to get a check? How did you feel in that first few weeks or months? Gosh, I mean, it was a Be lot of- I'm here now. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he could fill in the gaps, but I miss him there. But um, it was a lot of hustle and grind. So it started with just educating myself and getting proof, proof of concept, meeting people here locally who were doing, doing deals and things like that. Um, and then it was really just like pounding the pavement, networking with a ton of people, a ton of buyers, because I was just wholesaling in the beginning, right? So networking with a ton of buyers, um, and then pounding the pavement, going out, finding these rundown homes, mm-hmm. contacting the homeowners. And then it was probably probably about six months, like from first educating myself into what wholesaling was and like making a decision like, hey, I'm going to do this real estate thing. Yeah. It's actually doing a deal. I think I made $1,200 my first deal. I know I made $1,200 my first deal. I'll never forget that check, right? <laughs> that's, that's and it was the smallest deal I've ever done, but the best deal I've ever done. Absolutely. Because it's just perfect concept of like, hey, this thing works. I just pulled money out of thin air. Let's find more ways to do this. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and very special. Because uh, when you do that, it's exactly, that's your shut up check. Right. It's your shut up check. And it's a it's a big one, most impactful. So in doing that, you begin wholesaling. Uh, when did you start investing in yourself and your education? Uh, pretty much immediately right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Because so I, I noticed, you know, I started reading a lot of books and a lot of people, a lot of these authors will talk about, you know, in order to get to the next step and take these shortcuts, you need to hire mentors. Yeah. So my biggest, I've invested more money in education than I have in properties. Yeah. Right. And that'll soon change. Right. But um, I'll always be focused on, you know, continuing to level myself up because you're the product of the five people you spend the most time with. So powerful. Yeah. 
And and I'm the same way. I still spend uh, multiple five figures and some years six figures on my education, surrounding ourselves by the right people because we're all forever students. And something I always mention when somebody hears that, right? Somebody hears what I spent, what you spent on education. Uh, you guys being part of the community, you know, wrote a five-figure check to do that. And then, oh my goodness, I can't afford to do that. My response is always, I can't afford not to. Right. And so that's that's the mindset. I love that. What's the biggest mistake, either one of you, what's the biggest mistake you've made and uh, how would you have avoided it looking back? Uh, for me, initially, um, I, for some reason, struggle to make an offer, mm. right? Somebody would say, yeah, I want eighty thousand dollars for the house, you know, and the most we could offer was say, you know, sixty-two. My gosh, no, I'm gonna get out. Just yeah. make the offer. Just make the offer. Just make it. Just it, it is what it is. Just make it. And once I got over that, and that took me a little bit to get over. Sure. I was like, all right, they're not gonna jump through the phone and strangle me. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll live through this, and they'll live through this, and maybe we find some middle ground. But that's what we could offer. And it, it took it took some doing, my own doing, to just finally just get over that hump, and and that made a big difference. And I bet they said yes sometimes. Yeah, they, they they had the nerve to say yes. They were lying at eighty, <laughs> and, and they were okay at sixty five, and we made it work. Yeah, so it does something. Make ridiculous offers. Right. You have anything to add to that? Um. Yeah. I mean, I'd say biggest mistake I'd say is just like holding myself back as a leader. Mm. Um just starting this business from like hustle and grind mode, yeah. I sometimes find it very difficult to pull myself out of that hustle and grind mode and you yeah. can't be in the weeds if you're going to be a leader. Wow. You need to operate above the business. I want to delve in on that. You you just said something powerful. You can't be in the weeds if you're going to be a leader. And I think so many times as entrepreneurs, it's easy for us because we all start, if we start from scratch with the hustle and the grind. It's all we know. And so the, the person who is ready to be the leader, isn't doing the hustle and the grind. So therefore they may not be launching the business yet. You and I are launching businesses and stuff. And so to, how did you go from being that in the weeds, hustle and grind guy to, okay, I'm, I'm now becoming a leader. I'm still working on it. Education. Every Surrounding day. myself with leaders. Right. Like, yeah. So it's just getting out of that mode of like, Hey, I have to do everything. I have to have control over every single little piece of this process. Um, and finding guys who have done that, been there, done that, have risen above that and can teach me how to rise above it and actually become a leader. Because at that point, I provide more opportunities for more people. Yeah. It's not just all about me, it's about my team. Well, and people love people in the process. I think that's powerful what you just said. You said, I'm still working on it. Oh, yeah. And it's cool because somebody's listening to this, watching this going, you know, I'm, I've just done my first deal or trying to get my first deal or I've just done my first several deals yet I'm in the weeds nonstop. And they can see you have started removing yourself from that and go, wait a second. I, I can do that. He's a few months ahead of me. I can get there. Yeah. So I, I love that. Good. Uh, anybody who is wanting to get started in real estate, they, they want to do real estate. They're wanting to automate a business, but they're going, you know, they've seen the typical landlord being a, being a landlord with three phones ringing nonstop, the midnight toilet phone calls and all that crap that a quote typical landlord goes through. What would you say to them uh, how to start to live their dream life sure why don't you go ahead and answer first well uh you know for us i mean it's i think part and parcel to what we're doing is we have a property manager and for us anyway uh, i know a lot of people will self-manage their properties um i find that to be the easiest thing for us to do because i just send stuff over to her make a phone call send a text message and it's done 
I mean, it's just yeah. handled, you know. Uh, and there's been some nuanced things like the toilet doesn't work or, hey, we got this problem or whatever the case may be. I, it's just, it's worth for us. It's worth the money to spend to just have it done. That's awesome. Yeah. So getting out of your own way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and I always categorize it. And I'll, I'll ask you guys how you categorize it. For me, I look at it as new money versus old money. I look at it as I can be spending my time chasing ten, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a month that's already coming to me, or I can be focused on the new revenue and have a team member or management company pursuing all the money that's already coming. How, how did you guys make that shift to go? Okay, I'm okay paying a percentage of of profits just to take this off my plate. It's really simple. It's just through trial and error, right? Because when you're you know, you focus on the new money coming in, and then the new money's coming in, then you have to focus on making sure that money comes in. You're not focused on new revenue anymore. Your business is a roller coaster. Yeah. So you'll really quickly figure it out. I mean, if you're really doing deals and you're getting after it, um, and you're trying to do everything yourself, you'll quickly realize, you'll just look at like your monthly revenue on a monthly basis. It's like, wow, I made 80K this month, and zero this month, and 40K this month, and 20 this month. It's because you're constantly going back and forth from being the leader that you need to be, doing those revenue generating activities, and doing the non-revenue generating activities that you can pay somebody 10, 12, $15 an hour to do. Yeah, so smart. Yeah. So it costs you a lot of money to uh, do your own laundry to take out your own trash. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way Opportunity cost, man. I like it. I like it. Well, any final words as we wrap up today's podcast? Uh, I would say if you're going to get into this business, just don't quit. Um, you know, you have to be able to get after it. You have to be able to take no for an answer, right? Um, and just constantly keep pounding the phones and grow yourself as an individual and business owner. Um, you know, if, if you're somebody who is going to dabble in this and try to make it work and do it as like a side hustle, it ain't going to work. No, you'll, you'll no fall chance. flat. Um, you know the the you know the old adage you know it's it's okay to fail yeah. right learn from your mistakes um, but you know, to to Craig's point uh, you really got to be able to dive into this and do it full time because if you think you're going to do this a couple of weekends a month I, I just don't see how that's going to work for you I just don't you, you really have to be on top of it uh, you know putting people under contract that that's easy right it's being able to carry it through and do all the things you need to do and that that takes time to learn how to do all that that's important you do it right smart get help fast yeah get help fast that's good i like it well thank you guys and uh it thinks you guys up on social media craig and rich so great having you with us and we'll see you all on the next episode of the real estate level up podcast so long